Support for America Made Easy and the following message come from Nuable Levitas, the transatlantic joint venture supporting ambitious SMEs was setting up in the United States. We help make entrepreneurs' lives easier by providing an operational solution for their U.S. expansion strategies so they can focus on driving revenue and doing what they got into business to do in the first place. Hello and welcome to the America Made Easy podcast, the bi-weekly show where we help international SMEs tackle the complexity of setting up and growing their business in the American market. I'm your host, Morgan Pierstor, and on today's episode, we are exploring Nuable Levitas' validation pilot and how this outsourced recruitment and employment solution allows international firms to have boots on the ground in the U.S. market without the administrative and regulatory burdens of being a U.S. employer. We will talk about how this solution gives international firms the flexibility to hire before setting up an entity in the U.S., and explain why this is a good option for companies still determining the ROI on a full U.S. expansion. Today, I am joined by Alex Mazzotta, the Vice President for Recruiting, Marketing, Technology Services, and Professional Acceleration at Avidas Group. Alex comes from an international background in Venezuela, Brazil, and the Netherlands. After graduating from Colorado State University with a bachelor's degree in psychology, he began a career in talent acquisition that is still going strong 14 years later. Alex's passion is connecting A players with employers through a process of discovery very similar to sales, where the connection has to be a win-win for both parties. Alex lives in Denver, Colorado. I hope you enjoy the show. So welcome back to the America Made Easy podcast, Alex. You are our first returning guest, and we are very excited to have you back to talk about our validation pilot. Yeah, it's an honor. Thank you. Um, you know, it's uh, we've been exploring a lot of different topics in and around talent, which is, of course, so important to companies that are you know looking to expand to the U.S. You know, you can have everything else right, but if you don't have the right people and the right structure to deliver um, within that model, you're going to have challenges. Uh, so that's why we're really talking about the validation pilot today. You know, it's something you've been involved in with for quite a while. And so I wondered if you could, you know, perhaps give us a little bit of a view in your own words of exactly what the validation pilot is um, in terms of helping with talent needs for international firms and, and you know, why the solution is, a, is an important one. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a great question. Thanks, Morgan. Um, you know, I, I believe, and I think a lot of people would agree with me that that uh, employees, you know, the the, the the humans that that do the work um, that uh, push your brand forward, your work forward, are the most important piece of any business. Uh, you can have great processes, you can have great tools, um, but if you don't have excellent people um, at the helm of that, then you can't grow. Um, and that's where. I think the validation pilot is a really big uh, boost for uh, any any company looking to do business in the in the U.S. is because we um, are able to give them uh, the boots on the ground. We have a, a ton of experience hiring talent uh, in the United States and being able to place that talent that not only fits the skill set that you're looking for, um, but also the culture. Um, one more thing that I'll add is, you know, I think a lot of companies that, that are, are doing well overseas that want to come here, they want people with a background in that space. That's something that our, that our process and, and system does as well as we, we find people that know your industry um, so that the ramp up time is short. So I would say that's where the solution is important. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and, and for our listeners, you know, they're, they're hearing this terminology, validation pilot. Obviously, this is uh, a terminology we're using here to describe a, a product perhaps merits a little bit deeper of a, of a, of a summation of the topic, um, which is that it's really, as I, I think I, I would have introduced in the show notes here, um, you know, a, an outsourced hiring and recruitment solution in one. Um, and part of the reason that we developed it is because um, obviously, it takes a lot of time to find the right talent, as, as Alex has touched on here, um, and then trying to, to, to formulate the structure around that and, and creating an opportunity to do so. And that's really what we've got here with the validation pilot. One of the challenges, um, of course, that a lot of our listeners will have is, you know, entity formation. You would have tuned in to our very first episode about entity formation and when to do it. A lot of companies are wanting to have boots on the ground, as, as Alex described, um, perhaps a little earlier uh, in order to test that market opportunity that they're seeing a little further and figure out if it's really something they want to, you know, move forward with in a, in a more strategic expansion. Um, mm-hmm. But unfortunately, as a as an international company, you don't have the flexibility to hire those um, individuals yourself in the market before creating an entity. Um, so the validation pilot um, is one of the ways to do that. Uh, is that fair, Alex? Yeah, no, that's a great way to put it. You know, um, if you have a business that's doing well overseas and you're saying, can this make money in the United States, but the United States can be this sort of, um, you know, scary, I don't want to use the word monster, but just kind of this idea of, I don't know what where, where I start. Um, we um, sort of cut through that. And I think another big piece of, if I'm an international company looking to hire in the United States, uh, and I'm an, I'm a potential candidate, I, I don't know who you are, and I may be wary of accepting a job with when you use a, a company like ours uh, for the validation pilot. We represent your brand stateside um, so that there are no question marks around who is hiring me. Um, I think that's another big piece. Yeah, no, and I think you're, you know, touching on something which is really kind of the core of what the service is and what it's similar to. A lot of our list people listening may think, okay, validation pilot again, what, what are you really getting at here? What do you mean? Alex, perhaps you could kind of walk us through what would be, you know, comparable in the U.S. market, what uh, international firms might be familiar with in terms of a similar type of service. Um, could you speak to that? Yeah. So the, the staffing world, the, um, you know, the, the idea of finding talent and hiring them uh, from a temp, temp to hire space uh, is, is not a new one. Uh, it's actually about a $148 billion industry here in the United States. Um, so I would say that it's a, it's a, there's very comparable services in, in the U.S. for what the validation pilot does, uh, because even if you um, aren't looking to test a market or validate a market uh, or you already have an entity in the United States, which is what um, something we're going to talk about a little bit later, um, you still get the benefit of uh, a, a company finding this talent for you and managing them so that you don't have to deal with the burden of employing that person, whether it's um, you know the tax burden or the work comp pieces or unemployment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say that there's a very similar service in the U.S. to what the validation pilot does. Um, but, uh, but this way we're bringing it to international waters um, in, a, in a kind of simple, easy-to-use box. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a helpful explanation. So, so I guess to sum that bit up a little bit, um, you know, you might know this as, you know, as a, as a temporary hiring solution, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's designed specifically for international firms to allow them to test out the, the market with employees, to test out those employees before they fully commit to the marketplace. 
But um, how exactly does it work? I think that would be a helpful thing to kind of talk through next in terms of, you know, the structure and the process that, you know, a company that might be interested in a service like this um, would engage in. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, you know, the way that it would work is, uh, you know, we would have a, a discovery call around exactly uh, what you're looking for, what we call, you know, uh, a rec meeting or requirements gathering. Uh, to really get a sense of of what you're looking for, um, uh, you know the plus, the the nice to haves, the must haves, uh, but also get us get a sense of of culture and you know what is, what do you want this person if this person is going to represent your company in a way what do you want them representing? Um, after that, we would help you draft uh, a really great job invitation, um, and I think I touched that on on the last podcast, which is you know we we differentiate a job ad uh, versus a, a HR job description where one is a marketing tool and the other one's kind of a stuffy, you know, must be able to sit for long periods of time type of thing. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to say that all throughout this process, you're always going to get final say on what's being put out there for your company. Um, so you get to sign off on the job ad. Uh, and then furthermore, you get to sign off on the candidates uh, that we're presenting uh, and that you're interviewing. So we, we will never ask you to hire someone that you don't feel comfortable with. Uh, it's always going to be your call. Uh, and I know that I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I would say from from open to close, from talking about the opportunity to having boots on the ground, um, our track record's about 45 days. And that typically includes a two-week really? notice. Yeah, it typically includes a two-week notice with the candidate because um, okay. the majority of, of, of people we're going for, and especially in the way unemployment is in the U.S., is people are employed. Um, so we're pulling them out of that. So roughly four to six weeks or so from the time this starts to getting someone working for them on the ground, that's a really quick process. Yeah, well, that's what we do every day. <laughs> uh, recruiting, <laughs> recruiting is a full-time job, and when you do it as a full-time job, you can move really fast. Yeah. So, so the beginning of this process then is really a consultation. It's, it's really understanding the unique needs of that client and who they're looking for. Again, going back to it, as you, as you pointed out, you really dove deep into that into our recruiting um, episode um, and, and talked about the service there. Um, so once they, you know, once they find that um, or, or really craft along with you all that right job description um, to find the right person, what is that, you know, hiring process look like? You know, do you, you know, these companies may not have a real sense of how to negotiate to bring someone on board um, with, with Americans in particular, within that, you know, any nuance within that industry in the United States. Do you all provide assistance there um, with, you know, from the point of actually bringing that person on and, and negotiating salary? Yeah, no, uh, we, we work every step of the way. I mean, I want to say we hold your hand the whole way. The hand holding sounds like a weird thing. Uh, but we we really do. So um, you you would work. We would work with you to find out how much you're looking to pay. Uh, in my experience, a lot of validation pilot folks have been business development people that are incentivized somehow, some way. Um, there are uh, differences in in comp plans between you know international countries in the United States. Um, so we would um, you know kind of help you with that. We can develop wage reports that can tell you for the skill set in this market, you should pay X. Um, but it doesn't mean that you need to pay X. You can pay Y. Uh, we're merely here, again, holding your hand. Um, but I think it's really important to know that once we know all the parameters and guardrails for this job, 
we don't give the answers to the test to the candidates. That means that when I call a candidate or my team calls a candidate to recruit them, we don't go, hey, this job is so-and-so and it pays X amount Do you want it. We also act very discovery-driven and say, what are you looking for? Why are you looking for a change? And if their answers line up with this job, you know, if they're comfortable with working for a company that's going to be overseas, uh, probably a lot of remote work, uh, maybe not having a direct supervisor in front of you, that type of person has to be very unique. Um, so we, we find that unique person and then present them to you. So they're always going to be in your budget too. We're not going to submit somebody that you're going to love. And then you're going to be like, Oh, wait a minute. This person's like $30,000 more than I was planning to spend. Uh, cause that's not it's our, important to get right. exactly. That's, that's our job is, is to get you exactly what you want. Well, I think the other point, which you, you didn't mention yet, um, which is further to why we want to get the person right is that as a part of the validation pilot, um, you know, they have the flexibility to try that person out. So if a few months in, um, you know, if, if on paper that person looks great, they interviewed well, but for they're just not delivering, um, they have flexibility to have you re-recruit for that at no additional fee. So it's worth it to us, of course, to get it right the first time and save everybody um, some time and energy. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's unrealistic to expect uh, 100% batting average, Um or soccer goal scoring average. I don't know <laughs> who's my audience. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a big footy guy myself. Um, yeah, I think it's unrealistic to expect to get a hundred because not only could you be hiring uh, somebody who interviews really well, uh, but then doesn't show up. Uh, you know, doesn't do the work. But you could also, you know, people people are, are human and they have lives, and sometimes things happen in their lives that prevent them from pursuing the job that they just accepted. Maybe, you know, something happened in their family, personal situations. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right, Morgan, in that uh, the try before you buy model isn't just attractive to get the right skill set, uh, but also to get the right person, period. And you can feel comfortable that if the person that you hired isn't right, um, you can get them out of there ASAP. The burden is on us, the validation pilot people, to to handle the unemployment claims and things like that. Um, it's a very clean process, um, on the client side. Which, uh, obviously they appreciate. So yes. <laughs> one less thing to worry about. Yeah. Um, I wonder, Alex, if you, this is something, again, if you've tuned in before to the recruiting episode, um, you would have heard a little bit about this already, but it's a question that, uh, we get time and time again. So it's worth having you mention here again. Um, you know, how do you find candidates uh, within specialized industries? Do you all have that speciality? Is that something that's really needed from a recruiting perspective? Could you kind of put our listeners at ease um, that that's something that um, can be tackled here within the validation pilot for their for no matter what industry that they're in? Yeah, I, I get I get asked that question every single day, even with um, American customers, because everybody wants to know that if they're hiring uh, a, a staffing service or a, an agency that uh, that we know and speak their language um and you know it's it's part it's part trust but it's also part process you know i've got between my team and i we've got almost 50 years of experience doing this recruiting any and every skill set that you can think of nationwide uh but that doesn't mean that i'm not going to have a call tomorrow and be like no i've never hired a, a cosmetic pharmacist um in in san diego california that's a real job that we worked on by the way and that we filled okay <laughs> <laughs> no because um the, the the process of identifying people morgan um is the same whether you're looking for an hvac technician or a welder or a director for a nonprofit. these people live on the internet uh these people uh our job is to put 
jobs in front of their eyeballs uh, from a marketing perspective, but also um, it's our job to kind of sleuth and investigate and identify where are the pockets of these people. So um, I think places like LinkedIn and Indeed and ZipRecruiter is your your sort of recruiting 1.0. But then recruiting 2.0 is when you start getting into user groups and meetups and you start infiltrating worlds where it's like, hey, I'm looking for a, 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 a stack engineer, somebody that can measure the, the carbon emissions coming from stacks, uh, uh, those smokestacks that you see in factories. Um, you know, where do those people live? Well, they live in, in this user group over here in the Internet and let's go talk to them. Um, so I can't claim that we're experts in every skill set that we, that we find, but we are experts in finding people. Right. No, I think that's, that's helpful to point out. And again, to your point, your team, you know, knowing, having talked with a lot of them, you all have recruited for top Silicon Valley tech firms and for industrial clients as well. And, um, and so there's, you know, a, a large breadth and depth of experience. But again, as you say, it's all about just going to where these people live, right? And, uh, nice. with a, they're, their online platforms and then how to engage appropriately. Yeah. Just having like a, you know, do you want a job sign outside of their house? We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of what, uh, where we're, we're hitting on right here is all around the kind of value proposition for international firms. We know that, uh, you are a listener. Um, you've got a lot on your plate. You're trying to make a really big decision and an expensive decision for your company. And that's, a, an expansion into the U.S., uh, whether that be a you know, physical office or whether it just be a virtual presence of some kind, um, and you don't want to have to become an expert in all of these elements of doing business in the, in the U.S., and you don't want to get too entrenched um, before it's necessary or before you have the, the revenue to help justify that. Um, and so we're really trying to streamline what that looks like from a talent perspective, um, before you even set up an entity. Um, and I think that's really getting at the value proposition for international firms, um, taking the guesswork out, allowing them to, to dip a toe in the market, test it out with the person on the ground. And as you mentioned, a lot of times the companies that are using the service have this kind of, you know, a business development role is very common um, in that they clearly are needing someone on the ground to, you know, follow up on uh, the connections they've been making at trade shows or to, really give that one-on-one -on -one service um, to their existing, you know, customers in the marketplace, whatever it may be. Um, so I think that's, you know, is there anything else along the, the value proposition we haven't quite covered to that extent? Would you agree with, with those elements or would you would you say there's something else um, there that's worth, you know, uh, beating, beating the drum about a bit more? No, no, you, you hit the nail on the head uh, as far as the, the largest value proposition is, is being able to test test the waters, uh, validate whether or not this is a good idea before investing, uh, establishing yourself as a company, and then having to deal with all of the, I think repercussions is the wrong word, but all, all that comes with um, establishing an entity and then not having it go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And maybe you could, you could speak a little bit to that, Alex, because, you know, part of what we're taking off their plate, off a, a company in terms of, you know, if they were to go the normal route of employing someone in the United States, they'd need to set up an entity. They need to take several other steps to to comply with the state and federal authorities. Could you speak to the kind of things they're not having to do, to do by going the route of using the validation pilot? Yeah, no, 100 um, percent. You know, I think from a, from a, a legal regulatory perspective, um, if they were to go at this on their own, 
you know, there's other things that come with payroll taxes uh, that need to be withheld from a paycheck. Uh, they would have to be aware of that. So there's things like federal income tax withholdings, Social Security tax withholdings, Medicare tax, uh, state income tax. Uh, and then there's all these sort of local tax withholdings, whether it's city or county or school district. Um, beyond that, you've got your voluntary payroll deductions. Um, obviously, they're voluntary, so you don't have to offer them. But nowadays, if you want to get top, top talent, you have to offer, uh, you know, a, a top, not just wages, but benefits packages. You know, we're talking about things like health insurance, life insurance, retirement plans, uh, employee stock purchase plans. Um, then there's, you know, things like meals and, and things like, you know what I mean? All the all the perks that, that uh, make people approach you uh, as a likable employer, um, that that in itself is a, is a pretty big mountain that you have to build before you can start hiring. Um, not to say that there aren't people out there that will go after a startup um, and just be like, oh, just pay me in like stock toilet paper, you know? Uh, <laughs> but I think people are wary of that from, from the 2000 days. Uh, and uh, they're just looking for somebody that they can trust. Uh, and we when we call these candidates and help them find and, and help these clients find talent, we are representing your brand in every way, shape, and form, and we know what we're talking about. So there's that trust that's built right away, and they'll jump in. Um, you know, if if I'm going to call a candidate and say, "Hey, you're going to be the, their first U.S. employee. I don't have an office space for you. Uh, you're probably going to work from your home somewhere in Illinois." Uh, oh, and by the way, they don't have an established, you know, book of leads. You're going to have to go uh, and hustle. That type of effort level. Um, can be can be pretty paramount to make people wary of it, and I think we're there to cut through that and make it make it easy for everyone. Mm-hmm. And and we do that through quite a bit of, of support as well. You know, um, you're not these individuals in the market have a team through uh, through Avitas or through Avitas on the ground. Um, could you talk a little bit about you know who they can kind of pick up the phone and call and what the type of support that they have on the ground um, from an administrative standpoint for the person? Yeah, that's I love that. I love that question because I, you know, prior to me joining Avitas Group, I worked for a, an agency for 12 years in the staffing space and I had no resources whatsoever to lean on and then I came to Avitas Group and I was blown away by the fact that um, there's a team for everything. Uh, there's people, you know, our, our database tells you who is on what for each account. So if you are account X, then you get uh, a, a client experience person. This is somebody that's like your account manager, making sure that if you have any question, you know, no matter how basic or, you know, quote unquote, dumb question, uh, they will more than gladly take it and then push it up the ladder to where it needs to be. But you also have access to uh, an HR professional, uh, you have access to a safety professional in case this person's working uh, on site somewhere that needs, you know, has safety hazards. Uh, there's a work comp person that can help you navigate those waters. Um, and then beyond that, uh, that's just sort of like what's, you know, your low hanging fruit specialist. But then, you know, you've got somebody like me who can help with recruiting questions because we're not just here to to find somebody and send you a bill. I want to talk to you about what interview questions do you have? What's your onboarding process look like? Looks like because I'm invested in making sure that whoever you hire works out. Uh, but then we also have marketing specialists. We have IT specialists. I mean, Avitas Group uh, and the Validation Pilot are a a mall of support business services um, for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's you know having someone who's working with international clients, not just on recruiting talent, but across all those elements that you alluded to. Of course, that's 
part of the purpose of this podcast is to really kind of explore the all of the different items that international firms need to be thinking about when making an expansion um, to the U.S., and talent is, is just one of them. And, uh, of course, working with a, a recruiting firm in isolation, um, you know, there's disadvantages to that, given they don't maybe don't have the experience in what an international firm needs uh, to have in place to set up and, and the nuance to supporting them. Not certainly a level of expertise that New Bolivitas is, is bringing to the table. And I think it's comforting to have someone, you know, looking out for you and saying, um, oh, you know, did you realize this filing's coming up or did you realize that you need this in your employee handbook? There's so many, you know, unknowns and uh, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> it's the case um, for all these international firms and we don't want them to find out the hard way, do we? Right. No, exactly. I mean, it's like walking into a, into an outdoor REI type store and saying, I want to start camping and I have no idea what to do. You know, they take you through all the different <laughs> departments, like where well, you need these shoes and you need this tent and you need this and you need that. We're the same thing, but with, with taxes yeah. and accounting. <laughs> I love that analogy. I recently walked into the uh, the REI store there in Denver and uh, felt yes. very overwhelmed. So it's a perfect visual if anyone's been into that store. <laughs> I love that store. Now for a quick break. This week's top tip for the U.S. market is brought to you by Allison Stewart Allen, co-author of Working with Americans, the first ever business manual exclusively about U.S. business culture. One of the tips for working with Americans is the need to make it their way. So your American colleagues, clients, customers will want to know they've got lots of choices, uh, that their opinions have been factored in. Uh, so make sure you involve lots of people in your decisions, uh, provide lots of choices so that your product, if you do make a product, uh, can be customized and tailored to their specific needs. We love nothing more than to feel that we've uh, been put in control and in charge of the specific type of coffee, for example, that we might like, uh, or the configuration and menu uh, to put together uh, our own solution. Thanks, Allison. Our listeners can visit the book's website, workingwithamericans.com, to download two free chapters and claim a 20% discount on ordering the book until December 31st, 2020, with the code WWA20. You know, one, one question I trust some of our listeners might have, um, you know, at a very practical level, you know, we're, we're using the evaluation pilot to hire this person for them for, uh, to start for 12 months in the U.S. market. Are these employees Avitas employees um, or are they the international firms, you know, employees? How does the employee themselves view it? Could you speak a little bit to that relationship? Yeah, certainly. Um, it can it can be a little complicated from when looked from the outside in. But uh, the, the simplest answer is they are the they are the employee of Avitas staffing. Um, which is a separate entity, part of the Avitas Group uh, and Validation Pilot family um, that we created, just so that we can keep things separate when it comes to you know handling taxes and work comp and and all that, all the regulatory pieces. Um, but that's that 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 just means that they're that on paper. I used to use the analogy of being like a silent partner that gives you a paycheck every week, uh, because we always want. You know, the, the, the term in the United States is, is the word contractor is used a lot, although that can be a deceiving word because they're not 1099 for the most part. They're still W-2 people with Avita staffing. Um, and W-2 and 1099 for the uninitiated is just, uh, you know, your, what, what do you, your, your employee status in the, com- in the country. Um, okay. So the, they're, they're, te- they're still W-2, uh, but we want people to feel 
um, like they're part of that international client or that American client from day one. Uh, because ideally, all of these engagements start out with we want to make we want to make this a, a a permanent thing, right? We this is a validation pilot, and if it works out, um, we want you to be an employee of ours in a year. Um, so might as well start thinking like you're an employee from day one. But legally, they are uh, an employee of Avita Staffing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But from the perspective of that that individual, um, they their day to day work. Um, they're not working. Uh, you know. 25% or 50% 75% for this international company. It's a hundred percent of their time and energy. Um, unless they have, of course, a, a part-time arrangement with that company. They're, they're waking up and they're going to work and they're working for that international firm in this case. Yeah. They don't do anything for Avita staffing per se. Like I said, it's like a silent partner and they get a paycheck from us. The supervisory aspects of the job are still going to fall under uh, the client itself. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That was a helpful, helpful point to, to make and to distinguish there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of alluded to what might happen, you know, at the end of the 12 months. Um, so, again, this generally our validation pilot is, is structured for a 12-month time period um, as, as a way for that international firm to really take a further step into the marketplace and, and further validate the opportunity they see within it by having these boots on the ground, someone to gather market intelligence, to follow up on sales leads, what have you. Let's assume that, you know, uh, two different scenarios, um, the first being that things are going fantastic, and at the end of the 12 months, um, you know, they'd like to keep that person on board, um, or maybe at the end of the 12 months, they realize that, uh, in fact, you know, they're seeing a lot more activity at the moment in Germany, and they need to refocus, and they don't quite have the time or resources to continue the, you know, exploration of the U.S. market. Uh, what are the options for someone who's engaged in the validation pilot in either of those two cases? Yeah, great question. You know, in in case one where they, they want to continue the relationship, perhaps, um, you know, I feel like you could split that into two different routes. There's the, there's a route of, you know, we validated it, it works, uh, and we're ready to create an entity. So um, as soon as that happens, we'll convert that employee to our, uh, you know, our permanent staff. Um, that's really easy to do. Uh, in, in case they want to continue the relationship going and they don't have the resources to start an entity and they just need to continue using the the temp employee, um, we can continue that relationship. It doesn't end after 12 months. Uh, there are some legal things that we have to keep in mind uh, as far as uh, benefits have to be offered um, to the to the employee after 12 months, which is fine um, because uh, Avidas Group and the validation pilot, we get to use all of the resources that we have here uh, to give those benefits. So we can absolutely do that. Um, basically, on, on, on the client's end, it's, it's very seamless. Uh, if they want to keep going, they can keep going at the same, uh, at the same cost. There might be a, a cost increase after 12 months if there is benefits to be involved, but it would be minimal. Um, and then if they want to discontinue, it's the same thing if they wanted to discontinue three, four, six months in. They just say, hey, this, you know, this, this isn't working out or we want to we pivot. Uh, their their connection to the employee was never there because of uh, from a legal perspective because of the Avita staffing relationship, um, so they can just sort of uh, clean their hands and walk away, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, well, and that's I think with so many companies probably who are listening um, want that flexibility. You know, um, it's it's a big decision, and um, you know you can spend a lot of money up front to go all in. Um, or if you're just, you know, wanting to, to put a little bit of additional resource in the market through a person on the ground, 
um, to know that at the end of that 12 months, you have the flexibility just to say, you know what, we gave it a go, um, but, you know, the results just quite aren't there. We, we need to pause this. So they had the flexibility to do that and to have not entangled themselves from a regulatory perspective. I think that would put a lot of minds at ease knowing that that's an option in this case. Yes, correct. So um, one of the things that I wanted to kind of touch on, and, and that's, you know, we're talking about kind of all of the different elements that we're helping take off the hands of these international companies that are looking to hire someone and employ someone in this way. But of course, we're expecting some things from them as well, and we need them to engage with us, and this is a, is a partnership. Um, could you talk a little bit about what the, you know, expectation is from um, international firms that might be wanting to use a validation pilot? What are we really looking for them to provide to us to be able to make this a successful relationship, and, and what should they expect there? Yeah, uh, great question. To me, communication is paramount, um, especially since we're more than likely going to be talking about different time zones. Uh, so when I'm writing to them, they're sleeping and vice versa. Um, uh, but I think communication and, and being able to say, you know, let me let me pull it back a little bit. When, when we submit a candidate, we are talking to that candidate every single day uh, and checking in and saying, hey, we haven't heard back from the client, but we'll let you know. That's just recruiting 101. Um, if you don't keep in touch with the candidate every day, they are more than likely going to um, lose interest or get poached, you know, get, accept other offers. And there's nothing worse than than having a client say, "Okay, we're we're ready to interview or hire this person." We go, "Oops, they've been gone for like a week." Um, And with communication comes urgency. If we submit somebody, we want to be able to move them through the process quickly. You can have an extensive uh, interview process. We don't want to change that, Uh, but we need to be upfront about that interview process. If your if your process takes four to six weeks, which was not rare, um, I can't. I, I shouldn't be submitting candidates that are, that are unemployed and maybe need a job in two weeks. So that's really important uh-huh. for us to know. Um, and and look, things happen, right? Things you have to pivot, you have to change. You could start with the best intentions and say, yes, we want to hire this person. And then three weeks in, you realize that um, maybe it's not the right move. Just let us know. Um, because at the end of the day, your brand is also getting... Um, sort of watered down in the market when you're calling people and saying, hey, this person's finally ready to hire, and then you keep changing their mind, changing their mind. Um, so I would say communication is is the number one thing that I need from them. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an important point um, because it isn't so much that, you know, they're hiring someone in the U.S. market and then, you know, washing their hands of them and, and hoping that they come back with, you know, huge sales within the market, right? <laughs> Just like with any employee um, you, of course, need to nurture that relationship and provide them some guidance, perhaps even more than you would normally, given the time differences, as you have alluded to. And I think culture is something that's so important to these international firms. Obviously, there are some culture, cultural hurdle, hurdles to jump over in this case, and um, and communication is, is going to help them to try to achieve that. But also, I think it's quite important for executives um, for these international firms to be coming over to the market. They need to show that they're committed to, to the to this exploration, that they're committed to having this person on the ground, and that'll help transfer the culture. It'll help them be more successful in the role. And overall, I think, help them um, have a much more um, successful validation period within the marketplace. And so we really try to, you know, push that fact that these managers and executives, if they're committing to the market, they have to commit to their own time as well um, to be engaged with that employee and, and to provide the guidance they need to be successful. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like dating, you know. Uh, I've actually always always seen hiring and dating to be uh, so analogous. But um, you know, uh, do your research uh, on on remote employees. What motivates them? How to keep them motivated? Do a lot of video calling. Um, fly it. Fly here. Fly them to um, where you are, so they can really bake bake into the culture uh, that you're trying to create. Um, because you're right, you could hire you could hire the best employee available um, and perfect for the job. But if your onboarding isn't solid uh, and you're not keeping, you know, keeping a good pulse on that person for those 12 months, you're never going to get the results that you need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if we're kind of, I mean, obviously it's one big point then in terms of what we're expecting as a part of this relationship with an international firm in the validation pilot is of course communication. That's communication on you know, who they're looking for to start, as you explained. Um, then, of course, they ultimately make the decision on who they want to hire based on, on all that information we provided and the interviews that we've, we've lined up. Um, and that day-to-day management of that employee, as you said. Um, and then, of course, from a very, you know, um, logistical standpoint, very practical level, um, where we're doing all of that back office administration for that person, um, for a monthly fee. Um, so that really makes it simple, I think, for these international firms that aren't having to worry about the, you know, regulatory um, requirements for this person. It's just for them, you know, thinking about it's a, it's a, it's a monthly, you know, outsourced kind of transaction. Um, yes, they're managing this employee, but uh, for this monthly fee, um, Evitas is really taking care of all of the headaches involved. Um, is that a fair assessment? Yeah. And perhaps you could maybe speak a little bit um, to the fee structure. You know, I think maybe people on the on uh, listening in would be familiar with kind of standard um, fees across the recruiting space. Likely, they might have used a recruiter at some point for a key position within their organization. This, of course, is a, is a bit different in that they're you know really outsourcing the employment of, that, of an individual for a period of time. Um, can you just kind of speak to how those compare? Uh, as far as the fees, um... yeah. To, to the yeah to the service yeah i mean we I, we always try to keep things as basic as possible and as transparent as possible so that means uh when we present the validation pilot proposal to you especially as it relates to hiring um we will have everything broken down by you know uh, potential employee wages uh burden attached to those wages everything that i talked to the top of this podcast about the the state income the the federal tax peer, peer, uh, uh you know medicare unemployment things like that um, and then on top of that, we have uh, our fee of 30%. So you can kind of see how things stack. Uh, and that what you're paying for that 30% fee uh, is, you know, the recruiting team time to find this person, keep them warm, and then push them through the whole onboarding process, all the admin fees that come with um, hiring that person. Uh, so I think for anybody that has seen the validation pilot proposal, um, they can they can tell exactly what they're paying for. There's no weird hidden fees and structures. And you know, if you if you can bundle all of your your phone, your internet, and your cable, uh, we'll give you a discount. We don't do that. <laughs> it's very transparent. <laughs> but I think uh, yeah, no, it's an important an important distinction, important to spell out because I think a lot of um, you know a lot of companies might be familiar also with kind of you know on the recruiting side. And correct me where I'm wrong. You know, really kind of paying. Upfront, um, you know, whether it's you know 20, 25, 30 percent, just for a recruiting uh, a recruiting service, 
Whereas uh, with the validation pilot, it's monthly fees, so we're amortizing it over a 12-month period. Um, and of course, that is also furthermore uh, including this, this team that's sitting behind this person to manage their payroll, manage their HR, manage all of these elements of, of having somebody on the ground. And that's really what makes this, this service unique, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, something that's, that I think is really attractive about how we structure this for from the candidate perspective, which we haven't really talked too much about, what is the value proposition for the candidate beyond having a job? Um, because they also have access to all of these specialists that I described that the client does. So they can call an HR person. They can call a safety person. They can call anybody at a videos group and get what they need. Um, but they also get paid weekly, uh, which is really attractive in, in, uh, in the United States payroll system. Uh, and in order to keep that, to make that, uh, that weekly payroll to that employee, we charge monthly um, hour blocks to the client. Uh, and then we reconcile those hours in case the employee didn't work the 40 hours or they worked overtime. Um, but it's, it's, it's sort of a, it's 12 invoices versus 52, oh, not 52, how many weeks, 26 weeks? 26 weeks? Am I, yeah. <laughs> um, or 52. No, there's 52 weeks in a year, right? There's 52 weeks in a year, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's 12. pay periods, I think. Right, 26 pay periods, if you're doing it bi-weekly. But um, I'm looking at Rob <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Rob, our, our, the wizard behind all of the sound. Um, yeah, so it's 12 invoices with reconciliation versus 52. Yeah. No, but that's, uh, what I'm hearing is, is flexibility, uh, and mm-hmm. I think flexibility is so important um, for companies that are finding themselves, you know, no matter what size they are at the moment, and in, in the UK market or whatever international market it may be, when they go to, go to the US, they're, they're really a startup again, um, and they're having to build from scratch, um, you know, their company, uh, not only from a, you know, business development standpoint, um, but also from an administrative standpoint. That can be scary. And I think, you know, international firms are just looking for a partner that can help them scale in the market. Um, And I think that's really what we're offering here. And that's what the validation pilot's offering as well. Any, Any thoughts about that, Alex? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we started the podcast talking about how the only way that you can grow your business is with the right people. Um, so from, a before we even talk about the logistical aspects of, um, scaling, um, you know, if you don't have the right people, uh, to sell your business properly, you're not going to go anywhere. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, the validation pilot allows you to, to see, if I need to hire five people in this market, what's it going to cost me? And we can tell you exactly down to the penny what it's going to cost you without there being sort of this unknown about regulatory issues or tax issues or liability issues because we take all of that. Uh, so it's, it's, it is like walking into a store and just grabbing five boxes versus one and saying, this is what I want to buy today. Um, again, the, the whole piece of the validation pilot is to simplify uh, and and give your business an opportunity to grow in a market that is um, that's very viable. Yeah, no, that's that's helpful. Well, unfortunately, Alex, uh, once again, we're approaching the end of this week's episode, at least, uh, which means it's time for our <laughs> wise words segment, which I know is a favorite of yours, <laughs> uh, where we'd ask for any final thoughts that you'd like to leave our our listeners with. Anything. Um, on the tip of your tongue that uh, you want to get out before we, we close out today? Yeah. Did we do this the last time? I can't remember because if I give the same advice, it's going to look silly. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we did do it last time and let's hope that you give different advice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> if you give the same 
advice. We just know it's really, really important. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, so, you know, for me, what, the advice that I, that I always give uh, to my clients is just know that um, it's okay to be bad at this. Uh, and by bad, I mean it's okay to be bad at hiring. Um, the, the, the people that, that, are, that are interviewing for the job with your company don't know what they're doing. Uh, they've maybe interviewed a, couple, a handful of times in their lives, and you can't be good at, the, at anything that you do a handful of times. Same with a hiring manager. You can't be a great hiring manager if you only interview people a handful of times. So um, I think enter any hiring conversation with flexibility uh, and understanding and say, you know, my vision is, uh, you know, pretty rigid, but the implementation of it is pretty flexible. So my wife's words for the day is um, just have patience when it comes to interviewing people because you're both probably bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't all be good at everything, can we? And we know exactly. that uh, the executives listening and the, the, the folks that are looking for advice on going to the market uh, are listening in for a reason and they're looking for some, some helpful tips. So that is a great one, Alex. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us today and again, sharing your expertise on this topic. It's been really fun to speak with you. Thanks, Morgan. You've been listening to the America Made Easy podcast with me, Morgan Pierstor. My guest this week was Alex Mazzotto. This podcast is produced and edited by Morgan Pierstorf and Rob Eastman in partnership with Newable Levitas. You'll find links to more information on this week's episode and how America Made Easy can help your business in the notes section of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and introduce a friend. You can also write to us at americamadeeasy at newable.co.uk. Thanks for listening.